Hi, it's Animal Radio with your on-call vet, Dr. Debbie White. How can we help you? Um, I had a few questions in regard to, um, actually, um, I have a a dog. She's a female, and um, she's a lab and chow mix, and she eats her her own poop. Okay. (laughs) Not a pleasant thing, is that? No, and it's just very, um, and I, I, I inherited her on Labor Day of last year. So, okay. you know, and how old is she? She's a year and um, three months. Okay. Or maybe six months, say about a year and a half. Okay, and what's her name? Scooby. Scooby, I love that name. It brings back childhood memories. <laughs> and has Scooby done that since the day you got her? Yeah, well, yes. Yes. I'd say the first thing in regards to Scooby that we'd want to talk about is um, this behavior, believe it or not, is a very natural dog behavior. Really? And um, the tendency for dogs to eat their poop kind of comes from when they're newborns. The mom dog cleans the newborn babies and actually licks and eats their excrement and um, that is kind of a natural thing that they do and some dogs will remember this behavior and, and do that and continue that and it's it's something we call caprophagy it's a rotten habit but it's all the same very dog-like behavior have you tried any of the uh, remedies anything um, out on the market no Mm-mm. okay is she eating freshly made poops or are these ones that have been laying around um, actually fresh, yeah. She goes for the fresh and sometimes, you know, um, I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not, my daughter's the one that lets her out and she watches her and, you know, as soon as my daughter sees her um, trying to go for or looking for anything, she'll say, you know, Scooby, come on. So it's just, it's both to answer your question. Okay. Well, there's a couple things that I would definitely consider for Scooby, and and one is to really only take her outside supervised at this time, because we really, unless you have that direct control, and even take her out on a leash, because that will allow you to correct her if you're catching her in that behavior. The other thing that I would definitely look into is there are some over-the-counter remedies um, by the names of things called Forbid, um, deter, and basically it's a product you feed to Scooby and it'll make her poops taste bad. And, okay. and, and that's kind of a weird concept because you'd think poop would taste pretty bad. <laughs> but um, I don't know, I've never that, tasted it. <laughs> but for some dogs, that can really be a trick and using these products on a consistent basis for many days in a row and during those times, kind of letting her try to taste the poop and Mm -hmm. see if she finds that um, offensive. Mm -hmm. And that can serve as a negative um, deterrent for her. Okay, very good. And another question with Scooby is she, when she sleeps, she um, gets real, I can tell she has nightmares. And they must be reoccurring. It must be the same nightmare because she, I can't explain it. It's real, it it breaks my heart when I see her sleeping. Okay, what is she doing? Like she's crying and she's like, you know, or being abused or something. I don't know. Well, and that's the important thing is that dogs do dream. We know this. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I guess one way to look at it is that maybe it's something bad, but that could also be Scooby's dream about chasing cats or, um, you know, finding something fun to fetch. So as long as she wakes up happy, wagging her tail and seems uh, alert in her regular doggy self, um, I wouldn't be too worried that she's having bad dreams because most dogs have a pretty good life. And actually, one of my Labradors is a very active dreamer. He kicks the walls and moans and thrashes. And, uh, you know, he's a very well-adjusted dog. I just think he has a very active dream life. Oh, okay. Hopefully that answers some questions for you, Paulette. Thank you very much. 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man. Eddie Money, make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live green is best for you, your family, and that includes your pets. one 405 celebrating our connection with our pets. We do it every weekend. We encourage your calls. Let us know, how, how are your pets doing this weekend? They had a good week? Make a good check? Oh, that was me, huh? one 405 If you have a medical question, we have the animal radio veterinarians that can answer that coming up in just a minute. Right now, it's Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard with your dog behavior questions. How are you doing, Vlade? I'm doing wonderfully. You know, I'm receiving so many calls and emails from the people, and I see our show just pick up. And it's interesting enough, for the last week, I received a lot of the questions regarding the cats, Hale. You know, <laughs> why the cat, yeah, why the dog chasing the cats and such and such. And I, I said to the people, listen, people, um, on the show I will be with the cat expert with the Hale. So we will have through the show time to, to discuss that as well. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Calvin. Hi, Calvin. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm over here in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana right now. Right now. Are you a driver? Yes. Very good. Well, you're on with the world-famous Russian dog wizard. That, of course, is Vlade. Hi, Calvin. Hi. Interesting Hi. enough, Hi. Interesting enough. Uh, you know, a lot of ladies emailing me, but the males are calling. That's not good. But, okay. <laughs> Calvin, go ahead. Yes, I have uh, I have two dogs. Uh, one is a uh, was a rescue pup. She's part Chihuahua and part uh, God, Jack God Russell. God bless your heart. God and, bless your heart for rescue animal. Go ahead. Yes, and uh, my other dog is a miniature dachshund, both females. Oh the, boy! Uh, Second one is the problem one. Yes. Uh, the uh, the uh, Jack the, Russell mix is. Oh, okay. What about dachshund? Uh, the dachshund, one, uh, she had a litter of puppies, and one day out of the blue, she attacked my little Jack Russell mix. Okay? Mm-hmm. I kept them separated since then because the little Jack Russell mix won't uh, forgive the idea that she was attacked by the by the dachshund, so I have to keep them separated now. So your jackson is a male or female? It's female. 
both females. You have the bitches fights. Do you know, Kelvin, that fights among the bitches is the worst in the world? And somebody calls me and say, I have a two dogs don't get along with each other. My first question, are they males or females? You know, the best yeah. situation, male and female. Two males work it out too. When it comes to fe two females, you know, that's the becoming big problem. So what the dachshund is doing, according to the canine pack, she think that, you know, who has a higher status, Dachshund or Jack Russell, you think, before that happened? Well, they got along perfect before this happened. So who who was the boss among them? Uh, the uh, Dachshund. Dachshund was always the boss. Okay. Yeah. So what's happening is in the canine pack, just the strongest uh, species can bring the puppy in the world. So she always, the, 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 the dachshund who brought the puppy will be always, cur not curious, but concerned that another female can come in and destroy them. This is the natural instinct. So nothing really you can do about that. At least uh, all what you need to do just, you know, create some positive perception when the Jack Russell is around. Basically uh, separate them by using the partition. I would do that. You know, no matter what, I would do that. Even uh, my dogs would never fight with each other if I have two females. So I would really, really separate them. And, uh, you know, when the feeding time or something, I would feed them at the same time beyond the partition. I would give them attention at the same time and, and another part of, uh, and different part of partitions. But I would be really, really careful about approaching too. So don't worry about this. As soon as, um, you know, your, fem your dachshund will gonna bring her puppies a little bit. I mean, puppies gonna get older. It's, it will, uh, disappear because if they got along before, they will get along after that. That, um, you know, one accident, sometimes it happened. When it happened, nobody, were, nobody went to the vet, no stitches was involved? or No, no, just... No, just, so, uh, so don't worry. Don't worry about this. You know, it's just happened, and uh, just be careful. That's the natural instincts, okay? Okay. Okay. I'll, uh, have any... I'll, put the, I'll put the petition up then and feed and uh, praise both of them together on either side of the petition then. Yes, yes, and... Uh, you know, and uh, when uh, just once in a while, and uh, when you don't, when when uh, you're not giving them attention, let's say, mm, have a Jack Russell maybe in the crate somewhere far from uh, Dachshund, and don't give attention to any of them. But when you bring Jack Russell toward the partition, give attention to both of them. Maybe give them a little piece of the cheese or treats. Uh, so they would think, well, you know, every time when we're around and in the peaceful way, we get attention. But uh, when we're not around, he's ignoring us. So that's going to kind of a little bit build the relationship back. But don't make too much too much deal out of it. That's a natural instinct. Nothing you can do with that. Okay? Okay. I really enjoy listening to you. Thank you. Thank you very much for Thank listening. Thank you so much. Thank you for telling us. If you want to email Vlade, you can do that at Vlade at AnimalRadio.com. Uh, maybe you're driving along right now, don't have a cell phone with you. You have a question, Vlade at AnimalRadio.com. That is spelled, by the way, V-L-A-D-A-E. And, of course, a link to him and his site at uh, AnimalRadio.com. National Geographic's Brady Barr is on the way, as well as Fred Willard. Let's go back to the phones. Hi, who's this? Waters. Hi, Ruth. How are you doing? I'm fine. Today's my birthday. Well, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. I'm um, 82. Wow. Really? I would never have guessed. <laughs> 82, and where are you calling from? Reading, Pennsylvania. Listening on WEEU, I imagine. Right. Very right. good. 
What can yeah. we do for you today? I have a, a four-year-old cat that I got at the Humane Society. I've had her two years, and uh, she has a little outbreak of a fungus, I guess, under her chin. What, what does it look like? Can you describe Black. it? Black. Acne. Yeah, that sounds like acne. When you say it's it's black, it does, is it crusty? Yes. If your doctor recommended some kind of topical tra- treatment for the acne, yeah. you should be using it. Acne, feline acne, is very common. Is it? It is very common. Yes. And oh. uh, what we've done in the past, we've taken a flea comb and we've cleaned off the black, cruddy stuff and just kept oh. it clean. We've actually put hydrogen peroxide. I was using that, and then uh, I thought I'd better go back to using the... Uh, spray that he gave me, which is, uh, I guess, an antibiotic. Or maybe it's a steroid. You know what else mm-hmm. works, interestingly enough, is uh, Stridex. We've used these Stridex pads, and it goes away after a while. How do you spell that? Stridex, it's it's a S-T-R-I-D-E-X. It's available in your supermarket. It's a human acne treatment, uh-huh. but it cleans up the area once you've cleaned. You've got to clean out the black, uh, crusty stuff, and using a flea comb is the best way to do that. And hopefully this will all clear up within uh, a week or so. I was using my fingernail to try to get it off, but a comb would work better. I'll try that. Yes. Yeah, it's tough okay. to get all of those little things. How does your cat react when you try to clean its Oh, chin? she bites me too yeah. now. <laughs> so you got to... I have a hard time with her, but she had, after I settle her down, she will let me clean her ear out. How old is she? Well, she must be about four. She was one and a half to two when I got her, uh-huh. and I've had her two years, so she must be around four. Well, thank you for getting her from the Humane Society. We appreciate that. Oh, you're that. welcome. Ruth, thanks so much for listening to Animal Radio. Oh, I love it. (laughs) In fact, she gets me up in the morning at 7 o'clock so I can hear it. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Creston. Of course, you know me as the amazing Creston. And you're listening to me on Animal Radio. Don't forget to spade and neuter those loved ones which we've bonded with our pets. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Animal Radio's Healthy Pet Special is brought to you by Flavacin. Flavacin improves joint function in dogs, keeping cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy, and joints flexible in the body of aging animals. To find out more about this breakthrough formula, check out www.yourolderdog.com. Flavacin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flavacin. Concerning my dog Zodiac, I started her on the Flavacine um, probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we might be losing her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well. To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Over the last couple of years, alternative medicines and therapies have exploded in the pet world. Uh, The last decade's brought a lot of changes. You've seen it, Judy. I've seen it. 
Anyone within the industry has seen it. Acupuncture, massage, homeopathic treatments. They're more and more common. You go to the vet and they may refer you to a homeopathic vet or to someone who's going to do acupuncture. (laughs) One area that's been relatively unexplored and untested, however, is the development of scientifically designed music. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked... Uh, with a lady who does harp Harp music. music. Uh And we got quite a response from that. I found a book. It's called Through a Dog's Ear, Using Sound to Improve the Health and Behavior of Your Canine Companion. And we have sound researcher Joshua Leeds joining us today. Hi, Joshua. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, sir. Glad to be with you. Uh, Please don't call me sir. Where are you? I'm located uh, in a little town called Tiburon that's just across the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco. How beautiful. What another beautiful location. So I'm looking right across the bay at Sausalito as we speak. Uh-huh. Beautiful over there. Okay. Uh, hang up. Hang up that yeah. phone. <laughs> hey, listen, I love the book. It comes with a CD. What's on the CD? And tell us a little bit about your research and putting the book together, if you will. You bet. Uh, the CD that is included in the book, Through a Dog's Ear, is what we call a starter CD. And it contains samples from the Through a Dog's Ear CD series that includes music to calm your canine companion, music for driving with your dog, and music for the canine household. All of this music comes out of two years of clinical testing that was done with over 150 dogs in dog shelters, clinics, vet hospitals, groomers, and homes around the country. Uh, I, When I consented to do this project, uh, it was with based upon the idea that we would do clinical testing, and the truth of the matter is we put four hours of music, varying tempos, varying levels of complexity, and uh, various orchestrations into testing, and truthfully, we really did not know what we were going to find out. And at the end of that two years, we were just blown away because what we found was that one of those four hours just had absolutely magnificent results in not only calming dogs, uh, but also in reducing stressed-out behaviors in 70% of dogs in kennels and 85% in households, including thunderstorm trembling and excitement with visitors and separation anxiety. What we found out is that all classical music is not the same. The dogs actually do have a, a musical preference and that, uh, that whereas heavy metal music and rock and roll and jazz uh, makes dogs more anxious, what we found in these clinical testing was that, uh, that classical music that is simplified and that is slow between about 40 to 60 beats per minute has an absolutely uh, profound effect in terms of deep relaxation calming these animals. Should that be such a surprise? I mean, the music does that for humans. Why not animals? Well, that's a, that's a great question, and uh, up until now, no one has really asked that question. And it is not a surprise. What, is a, what was a surprise for us is, the, is that we, when we hear something with tempo, something that's, that's snappy, or we, we tap our foot, dogs never uh, wag their tails or pant in rhythm. And so the fact is, is that we didn't know whether or not rhythm actually has an effect on their brain waves, heart rate, and breath in the same way that it does with people. And after going through this testing with Through a Dog's Ear, what we did find was that, in fact, external rhythm does indeed have an effect on the animals as well. Now, this is a cut from uh, one of the CDs, or the CD that you have in the book, right? Yes. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it's real relaxing it for it me. Is. 
And so it's no surprise. Now, the book, is that all the research that you did for the CD? Is that compiled into the book? Yes, it is compiled in the book, but the book is not just about the research that was done on the CDs. The book is, is really an exploration of the effect of the human soundscape on our canine companions. And what we believe, my co-author, Dr. Susan Wagner, who's a veterinary neurologist, and I, after spending two years researching the book as well as doing the research on the CDs, the conclusion that we're coming to, the hypothesis that we have, is that one of the reasons why there is such an uptick in behavioral issues with our dearly beloved dogs is because we believe that there's a good possibility that we're poisoning them with too much sound with too much uh, overload, that there's a sensorial overload that is taking place. They don't know what to do with it, and it ends up manifesting in behavioral issues. So if we have that teenager that's upstairs playing the rock and roll, the little kids are downstairs running around, mom's screaming in the kitchen, and dad's in front of the TV, that's just too much overload for our animals? Well, that's what we're beginning to think. I mean, the fact of the matter is is it's probably too much overload for us as human (laughs) beings, but we have strategies for dealing with it, whereas our dogs don't know what to tell us and they're so adaptable they just want to please so they just keep on taking it and taking it and taking it until their little nervous systems finally start to act out in other physical manifestations and of course their hearing is so much more acute than ours Yes, it absolutely is. Not only do they hear frequencies above and below our frequency of hearing, but their hearing itself is far more sensitive. And so when they hear sounds, and especially dogs that are living in unnatural environments, uh, specifically in in big cities, where they're left alone in apartments or high-rises or homes all day, surrounded by all kinds of internal sounds that we just take for granted, but that they can't really identify and understand how to, how to appropriately react to, then what we believe takes place is that there's, a, there's a, a, a cascading effect of sensory confusion, of an orienting response where they can't identify what that sound of that helicopter is that is passing overhead or the car alarm outside or the garbage trucks, let alone all the multiple uh, sounds that take place inside the house. That there are all these intermittent sounds with lack of patterns, that essentially what's taking place is that there's an, just a sympathetic overdrive In other words, their adrenal response is turned on, and it just doesn't get turned off because they can't quite figure out what that disembodied voice that we know floating across the the living room coming from a little black box on the kitchen counter that we call an answering machine they don't know that. Can you imagine laying there in the middle of a nap and all of a sudden having a voice come through, and you can't see anybody? Uh The book is called Through a Dog's Ear, Using Sound to Improve the Health and Behavior of Your Canine Companion. We have 10 copies to give away. one 405 8405 Of course, you're going to have to report back. Let us know how your dog reacted. This will work for your uh, cats, too, won't it? Our suspicion is that whereas our dogs really need to be soothed and really need to be calmed, we're actually wondering whether or not it's the exact opposite with the cats and that the cats suffer from a great deal of boredom 
and in fact that possibly their nervous system needs more stimulation. Um, we're looking into research around the world on this at this point, and we hope that within a period of time we'll be able to answer that question. Sound researcher Joshua Leeds joining us. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. You get the book anywhere, Amazon.com, any good bookstore through a dog's ear using sound to improve the health and behavior of your canine companion. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Vinny Penn coming at you once again, your party animal on Animal Radio. I wanted to read you this email that I brought in. It's, it's actually just from a friend I haven't talked to in a long time. It has nothing to do with uh, my segments here on Animal Radio, although you can certainly feel free to email me at uh, in care of Animal Radio or at Vinny at VinnyPen.net. But uh, it's a girlfriend of mine I haven't talked to in a while. I actually worked with her uh, many years back, and she's telling me how she recently broke up with a boyfriend of hers. They've been together a long time. And at one point, this the most ridiculous word pops up. And for all of you dog owners out there who got a dog uh together with your as as a sign of commitment in some dating relationship this word comes up and it's the stupidest word known to dog owners visitation yes they have broken up and now they're trying to determine what the visitation rights will be so they can both spend time with their dog with their 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 dog sarah sarah of course is named after uh is short for serendipity because that's the first movie they went to see together, uh, a John Cusack movie with Kate Beckinsale. That's trouble right there uh, when you're you're naming the, the animals after uh, the, this one the, the wonderful time they had together, this one wonderfully romantic night. But, but I, I digress. Uh, so now they're discussing visitation rights. Uh, um, he's keeping the dog since it, it was technically his dog to be... He had just gotten it when they first started dating it, but uh, there was an adoption process. I would imagine at some point, these freaky people who do the visitation thing, I, I would imagine there was adoption papers, a little ceremony, a doggy treat with a with a, a ribbon around it. I don't know, whatever. At this point, though, she wants to know when she can see the dog. How often could the dog stay with me every other weekend? And there's a lot of crying and this. Uh, if you ask me, this is just a, another way to stay in the. You shouldn't need visitation rights for the dog. Much as the dog may love the two of you, I mean. The, there, there, there's really no debating this as far as I'm concerned. She got the CDs. He got the dog. End of story. To come around, especially for a girl. I don't want to give my, my girlfriend a hard time here, but she was the, she, the your standard cut the cord woman. Oh, him and his mother. He's got to cut the cord. He got to cut the cord. Well, then, my friend, you must cut the cord with Sarah. And uh, just move on. <laughs> Visitation rights for a dog. I don't know. That, that that strikes me as, I mean, what if you bought an appliance together? I want to come over. I, I need to see the refrigerator. It's stainless steel. I remember the day we moved it in. It was a wonderful day. We ate Chinese food on the floor. It was the first thing we bought. Uh, I'm coming over next Thursday. Don't be there. Leave the key under the mat. I want to spend time with stainless steel. Uh, I want to spend time with Dippity, the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm Finny Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com.
urine off. Finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. What came first, the chicken or the gecko? A doctor in Australia was making some breakfast, cracking eggs in a pan, when he made a bizarre discovery. A dead gecko. Inside one of the regular chicken eggs was a dead little lizard. This is the part of the story where I tell you to put down whatever you're eating. Scientists have confirmed that yes, this was a gecko, and no, it didn't enter the egg after it was formed. The gecko could not have been ingested by the chicken and end up in an egg, so it's thought that the gecko probably crawled into the chicken's other end and ended up in this very strange animal news story. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Last Friday, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration's Fisheries Service listed the Caribbean monk seal as extinct. The docile seal had been classified as endangered since 1967, with the last confirmed sighting in 1952 somewhere off the Yucatan Peninsula and Jamaica. Biologists had feared the seal was extinct and now warn the same thing could happen to both the Mediterranean and Hawaiian monk seals. NOAA's Fisheries Services says the Caribbean monk seal is the only one to become extinct from human causes. Rising oil prices are having a trickle-down effect on everyday buying for consumers. Animal owners are feeling the pinch, too, according to Molly Hurtado, the owner of a tack and feed store in Hemet, California. Her customers are dropping off flyers looking for homes for everything from dogs and cats to horses. She's even adopted one customer's dog herself. Hurtado said it's an unfortunate side effect of the rising gas prices. When gas goes up, it costs more to deliver food, and that increase gets passed on to the consumer. Scientists and experts from zoos and universities met at Chicago's Brookfield Zoo to learn more about animal behavior in confinement. They've learned some animals can be helped with training or even by toys, which cuts the endless pacing exhibited by some species in captivity. Experts at the meeting said the behavior is actually stress-reducing, not unlike humans swimming laps. Animals who exhibit repetitive behavior were tested for the presence of stress hormones but showed no elevated levels of corticosteroids which indicate stress. The behavior is more of a calming effect for the animal. But zoo experts say while some species do well in zoos, it is clear that elephants, large cats and bears do not. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. 
Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, there's nothing that I like more than curling up a glass of wine in front of the National Geographic Channel when I get home from work. I love the programming there. There's always something interesting on. Of course, Dogtown, uh-huh. which is produced right here in Kanab, Utah. Yes from the Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. There's also a series that comes on every once in a while that I see. It's called Dangerous Encounters. And the host, Brady Barr, always taking on something that I just frankly don't have the guts to take on ever. And this time, coming up uh, this Tuesday, he heads down to Costa Rica. Now, he's been doing this for National Geographic since 97. Long time. Hasn't had any limbs bit off yet, I don't think. We'll find out in just a second. Anyway, this Tuesday, he goes down to Costa Rica, and he's looking for crocodiles. Why? They have eye problems, apparently, down there. And he wants to find out what it's all about. We decided to get him on the phone. Hi, Brady. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks. First question, were you ignored as a child? Why do you take on these <laughs> risks? Um, and, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a, a thirst for knowledge, and, and the kind of questions I want answered require hands-on activities up close and personal. And, and man, that's just that's what I'm into, and I just uh, I'm just so passionate about it, particularly reptiles. I, uh, uh, you know, I've just dedicated my career to to working with these fascinating animals. And you head down to Costa Rica. What's going on with these uh, these animals' eyes? Well, Costa Rica is near and dear to my heart. Um, I've worked on this population of crocodiles in a particular uh, river in Costa Rica for over a decade. So they're like family to me. I know them as individuals. Well, recently they all started going blind, and that that really scared me. I want to help these animals that I love so much. So I organized a dream team, if you will, of, of toxicologists and wildlife biologists and veterinarians with specialized in reptile eyes. And we all went down there to try to diagnose the problem. And that can't be easy. I mean, how do you look at a crocodile's eyes? Well, we, we, we give the crocodiles an examination just like you would get an examination if you went to the doctor. We look, at, we look at length and weight, and we look in their eyes and ears and nose and throat. But the difference is a, a half-ton, 16-foot crocodile always isn't a willing patient. I was going to say, I'm a little more willing. How do you get a crocodile to sit still for something like that? Well, you don't, and I mean that's that's where the danger comes in. I mean, I almost lost a finger uh, on this expedition uh, with one particularly large, uh, unwilling uh, uh, participant. Have you ever lost any limbs? <laughs> no, knock on wood, I haven't. I'm really, really careful. You know, I try to take every precaution, but at the end of the day, these are wild animals, and unforeseen things can and do happen. Now, I don't want to give away the ending to this program here because it does have a good ending. You, you'll never know what's going on until you watch the whole program. Uh, you, it's, a, it's a surprise. I mean, it really is a surprise. I mean, it, it really surprised me what we found out. And that, of course, is Tuesday night. What are the times on that? Do we? Have, oh, 9 p.m. Eastern? 9 p.m. Right. Eastern and Pacific, Tuesday night, uh, Dangerous Encounters with Brady Barr. Crazy guy. What, what do you have uh, planned in the future? 
I'm on my I'm on my way. Uh, next expedition is to China and Japan. I'll be uh, working with giant uh, Japanese and giant Chinese salamanders, the world's largest salamander. How wow. big are they? Oh, they get to be five feet long. I mean, they're oh. they're like the size of a small crocodile, and uh, very little is known about these animals. And and sadly, they're threatened and endangered. And uh, you know, it's a race against time to try to find out as much as we can about them and protect their uh, habitat, which is being destroyed at an alarming rate. Are they a dangerous animal? Uh, no. Well, they've got a mouthful of teeth, and uh, you know you can't get uh, complacent working with these guys because they'll let you know very quickly that they may be a salamander, but uh, they can pack a bite. <laughs> I can't imagine that your pets at home, if you have any pets at home, are soft and furry. Yeah, you know, I, I, well, I do. I have a big hairy dog, which is uh, near and dear to my heart. But, you know, we usually, at my household, the, the pets are usually of the cold and scaly variety. Uh, uh, we just got an email. Someone writes, what's the difference between an alligator and a croc? Oh, they say they love your show, by the way. Well, that's always good to hear. You know, it's a question I get every day of my life, and it's a great, great question. And, uh Yes, uh, the only place you can see alligators and crocodiles in the same uh, area is right here in the United States, in the state of Florida. They have uh, the American crocodile and the American alligator. Um, alligators have a rounded snout, kind of like a duck bill. Uh, crocodiles have a much more narrow, pointed snout. They're also much more toothy. You'll see upper and lower teeth and just lots of teeth. Uh, but with an alligator, when his mouth is closed, you'll only see the upper teeth. Uh, there are 14 species of true crocodiles and only two species of alligators. The one we have here in the United States and the other one is in China. It looks like we have a, is it a turtle question? A turtle On line question. four. Hi, who is this? Laura. Hi, Laura. How you doing? I'm great, thank you. How about you? Very well. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from West Bloomfield, Michigan, about an hour outside of Detroit. Ooh, okay. Summer starting? It's beautiful here today. Just sunny and about 80 degrees. It's gorgeous. Sounds wonderful. Laura, what can we do for you today? Well, yesterday and the day before, there was a very large snapper turtle that sort of came out of the pond across the street and found her way into my yard. I love those turtles. And was digging lots of holes, and I just assumed she was probably going to lay eggs. And Uh she's a pretty big turtle. Uh Her shell was a little larger than a dinner plate. So she oh. was big. She had moss on her back. She was really pretty. Uh-huh. So I just left her alone. And then yesterday morning, she's right out on my front um, lawn in sort of the um, uh, where I plant flowers. And I could tell she had dug a hole because there was dirt all around behind the back of her shell. Mm. So I have a three-month-old puppy, a uh, black lab hound mix, who I was coming back from a walk, and he saw this turtle, and he's barking, and he wants to bother her. So we come in the house, and um, I go to my front door, and I'm looking out the front door, and I'm watching her and actually saw her lay an egg. She lifted herself up with her her legs. She stuck her head and her neck way out of her shell, and I actually saw a white egg plop down into the ground. And I watched her for about 20 minutes, and she laid probably five eggs. It's the same thing. She'd bury one up. With, she'd bury it after it dropped, 
with her back leg, and then she'd lift herself up again and drop another one into the hole. Pretty spectacular. Man, I'm envious. It was amazing. I tried to wake both of my teenage daughters to experience this, uh-huh. and uh, neither of them were waking up to watch the snapper turtle lay eggs. <laughs> so I, I watched her for a while, uh-huh. and... Um, uh, had to run off and do some errands. And when I came back, she was gone, and, oh. the, and the hole is now buried. So it's just dirt there now. Uh-huh. But I know there's eggs, so my question to you is, how long of an incubation period do um, snapper turtle eggs, how long do they take to um, hatch, and how do I keep this area safe? Yeah, what a great experience, Uh I love those turtles. There's two species of snapping turtle that we have here in, in the States. One's the alligator snapping turtle, which is arguably the world's largest freshwater turtle, and the common snapping turtle, which, uh, you know, is found in very cold climates, such as uh, Michigan. Um, I'm not sure how long the incubation period is for that species, but I would guess probably a couple months. But if she's got a dog, she needs to be really careful if that turtle's around. So I've done some... Uh, experiments on their bite force, and their bite force is several, several hundred pounds, uh, you know, like seven or eight hundred pounds, approaching approaching a thousand pounds. What I mean, you're saying is the dog needs to watch out. Yeah, the dog. Well, <laughs> and I mean, her or her kids, I mean, you don't want to get your fingers too close to that because you're going to lose whatever that turtle gets a hold of. But uh, I also, you know, it might be a good idea to put some kind of fencing, some chicken wire or something around the hole. Uh, just so the dog doesn't dig those eggs up or a raccoon or a possum or some other predator. Uh, I'd be interested to know how far away she is from the water because these turtles have been documented at traveling very, very long distances. Uh, There's a pond across the street from our house, so it's kind of a little bit of a hike. They'd have to, like, go across my front yard, go across the street into, like, a nature preserve area where I'm sure they find the pond. Well, that's a unique, special uh, encounter there with the common snapping turtle. Laura, it sounds like you're going to have a fun little thing happening there in your front yard. Right, we're going to be parents. You're going to be parents. Congratulations. <laughs> Let us know when it happens. All right, terrific. I'll keep you posted. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for your help. Well, Brady, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for answering the questions today. We, hey, it's, it's been a pleasure. Check it out. It's Dangerous Encounters with Brady Barr, Tuesday night, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. So it's on the National Geographic Channel. And don't watch it during dinner. It's a, it's a little frightening. <laughs> it has a surprise ending. You want to see what's happening to these crocodiles in Costa Rica that are losing their eyesight. Brady, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry, lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know, that's why I give my dog Safeguard Canine Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. 
All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at caninecaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And really a cast of a hundred or more. Or and a, more. Yeah, Thousands. Really. I like to think of all of us here as, uh, well, an animal pet dream team. I like that. A dream team of pet lovers and experts. Here to answer your questions, one 405 8405 Dr. Debbie White, she's on the way to answer your medical questions. Vlade, what do you think of Caesar? He's a great guy. Uh, remember I told you, Russians never give ups or change so quickly their friends and enemies. But it's going to be the dog fights. And, um, Between you and Caesar us, Milan? Yeah, I'm, uh, I really go for it. That's one of the reasons I go to California. Oh, you're going to oh. California to kick Caesar Milan arse, is what you're saying. Uh, I will say it'll be in a polite way. I just, I just see, uh, I spoke as a couple of media people in uh, California. They said uh, America is already ready for the new Cesar Milan, and uh, they said to me, the media would love to see that type of the dog fights, and uh, the Mala- Cesar Milan needs some type of the male competition. Ooh, I want to see and who of course, the big you dog know, is. Exactly. Like, he's, uh, you know, he's very good, he's doing great things. and uh, So they're, they're uh, actually saying that you're the new Cesar Milan. Uh, some people say, I don't want to, you know, but some say like an edu- educated version, Russian version, Whatever they say, but uh, I think um, we have a lot of we have a, the differences is I have a system of the dog training which is I am not just a rehabilitator I am the trainer I also don't really pay attention to the show even though I love the show but I also see what's going to happen after the show I am not playing in the Russian roulette I am playing in the Russian chess. My methods are derived not just from the dogs as the Caesars. It's also scientific approach, which I learned in uh, Moscow University and also from my famous grandfather. Um, I think uh, my dog training techniques is the first and only United States patent pending dog training method. So what's happening is I'm using my techniques as alternation of the behavior problem for the simple things. And the way how I do seat, stay, calm down, and so on, I am addressing a major cause of the behavior problem, which is a lack of leadership. So I don't believe it's just possible to grab the dog and pull it like uh, on the chain like this and drag him back and forth, and from that time the dog will respect you because by doing this, you are basically breaking one of the cardinal rule of my system, which is you, you, you are creating freedom frustration by pulling the dog back and forth on the leash with high collar, whatever you call so you, you see, the, the, the leash is not instrument of compulsion. The leash is an instrument of communication. And um, I teach the dogs walk on the loose leash, not on the pull leash, because that's create calmness in the dog and its owner. But nevertheless, I have a deep respect to the scissor, and I think it's going to be great competition. I am ready. And as we all know, Russians never give up, and they never lose. Hey, this is Caesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. <laughs> Dominate or be dominated. There is no democracy in the canine pack. The one who start the fight 
That one is the right. And who win all fights will win all rights. So, just hump and watch your back. <laughs> Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Coming up, Fred Willard. Also, your dog do and cat do could be worth valuable prizes. What was that? Valuable prizes. That's all coming up next hour. All right now, Animal Radio's on-call vet is Dr. Debbie White. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Loretta. Hi, Loretta. How are you doing? I am just fine, thank you very much. Where are you calling from? Well, actually, I'm sitting in Paris, Texas right now. I'm a truck driver. <laughs> Loretta in Paris, Texas. Yes. A beautiful day there? Uh, it's very, very hot. <laughs> Imagine, that's like, a, isn't that center of Texas? Almost Oklahoma. <laughs> Almost Oklahoma, Texas. Loretta, what can we do for you today? Well, I have a little bitty poodle. She's about almost four pounds, mm -hmm. and she is about three years old. And every once in a while, she will get sick to where she just sits there and she'll just shake. And then she'll make this weird breathing noise like she's having a hard time breathing. How long has she and been doing this? For about two years. And it's just, it's every maybe couple of months. But in the last month, she's done it like every other week or something. Mm. And I took her to the vet and he couldn't see, he didn't take a blood test or anything, but he really didn't know anything other than maybe he thought it might be bacteria or something. So he gave her some antibiotics. And, but she's never sick very long. It's just usually for a day, and then she's fine the next day. Let me ask you a couple questions. When she's doing uh -huh. this beforehand, is there anything that she's doing? Is she eating, sleeping, playing, running around? It could be anything. It doesn't happen at any particular time of the day. It's just it, it, I've tried to figure out anything that was different. No, it just kind of happens just out of the blue. She'll just all of a sudden be sick and just kind of start shaking and and then she has a little breathing problem for a, for just a few seconds, and then she just kind of lays around. And then she doesn't shake all day long like that, but occasionally you'll pick her up and she's kind of, you know, shaking, and she doesn't feel like her tummy feels well or something. Okay. Is is Danny um, kind of a nervous dog, or is she um, pretty relaxed, easygoing? No, What's no, her general personality? No, no, she's a wonderful little dog. She's a playful little thing, and you can tell when she's not feeling well, she's not running around playing fetch. Oh, is that her favorite game? <laughs> yeah, she loves it. She will drive you crazy, and she'll wear you out. <laughs> <laughs> now, when when she's having these spells, um, does she always have a breathing problem associated with that, or is it just more like she's trembling, she's having troubles moving around? No, she does. She has, it'll be just when she starts shaking, she'll do a little, <sighs> and then she'll quit that, but she'll still shake for a few minutes, and then she won't have a breathing problem all day long. It's just kind of intermittent. Just every once in a while, she'll breathe a little weird for just a few seconds, and then she'll be fine. Uh-huh. And we took, we took her to the vet, and of course, he didn't take any blood or anything. He just thought it might be an intestinal problem, so he gave her an antibiotic. Now, whether that worked or whether she just got over it, I don't know, because she has these every once in a while, and she just kind of gets over it. Okay. And she doesn't have any other types of problems, any kind of no. limping problems, anything of no. those nature. And the veterinarian no, gave her a clean bill of health? Yeah. Well, like I said, he didn't do any blood tests, but he just kind of poked around and everything and thought it might be something intestinal. Okay. Well, I'm a little bit suspicious we might have something going on that we see particularly in little dogs. And okay. um, you'll have to tell me if this sounds kind of like what she's doing. Um, but okay. there are some small dogs that kind of make a weird type sound. It almost kind of looks like an asthma attack. Um, uh -huh. And they'll kind of 
tremble, their head kind of sticks out, their neck gets real rigid, and uh, nothing's better than radio making the sound, so I'll demonstrate a little bit here for you. Okay. <sighs> kind of like almost like a honking type sound, um, but a little bit more of a, of a spasm type effect. Is that something that sounds like she might be doing? Yeah, that's kind of pretty close, yeah. Okay. All right. There, There is a phenomenon in small dogs particularly, but we see it in a lot of different dogs, and it's something called reverse sneezing. And it's basically kind of the opposite of a sneeze. Instead of exhaling, it's when the pet inhales. And it's characterized by kind of a short spell that they get over within a few minutes. But during that episode, it's very scary. And I have a lot of people call me uh, on emergency because their pet is making these weird sounds and having these almost fits or attacks. And um, I don't know if that's exactly what you're describing with Danny, but it's something that's very normal. Um, It's harmless. And we do see it sometimes more when there's allergies or seasonal changes. So if a pet's a little bit sensitive to those kind of things, you'll see more of the uh, reverse sneezing bouts. Would that affect her the whole day? Because she just kind of lays around like she doesn't feel good. And then she'll be okay the next day. So it's not just a little spell and then she's all better. It lasts for about a day where she's just not really feeling very good. Yeah, that might be a little bit something more because the reverse sneezing is more of just an isolated type thing and they do get better. Um, And if she has something more sustained, then I might kind of look elsewhere, looking at her respiratory tract or even looking to see if she's having pain somewhere. And that's kind of the trick with some of these little dogs is that they don't tell us what they're feeling, so we have to do a lot of investigational work. And that might mean, you know, feeling the belly and the back, and is there some pain that can cause her to have, you know, a trembling or a shaking episode. Well, my friend said she she stays at home. She's not with me on the road. But my friend said she kind of feels like when you touch her tummy, it's a little tender maybe. So oh. she thought she might have been a little constipated or something, and but you know I just don't know whether she just kind of gets over it naturally or whether because of the laxative that Lee gave her helped out any or I'm just not real sure. We've kind of tried a little bit of everything, you know. That's a definite quick thing to check is that if she's tender when you're touching her belly, when you uh-huh. pick her up or if you're shifting her position, you know, that's a sign that we really might have something in that area that we need to look at, um, something that might warrant a little bit more looking into with the veterinary help. Okay, would I, have, would I go take her have her x-rays, or what, what do you suggest for the intestinal? Uh, x-rays would definitely be a good thing for, for Danny to look at that area, and if she hasn't had those done, I would definitely see about doing that, and we look to see if she might be constipated, look to see if there's any problems with maybe her back or anything that she might have eaten that could be causing an issue. So, okay. yeah, so I think that's... Fixed, we had her fixed quite a few years ago, and she had a little hernia. So we just went ahead and had her replaced and had her fixed at the same time, and I didn't know whether maybe that was a little scar tissue in there was maybe causing her some bowel problems or something. Yeah, no, it's definitely good you had that hernia fixed, um, um, yeah. but probably not likely unless it's the hernia's gotten bigger that it's going to create an ongoing problem. Okay. okay, all right. Well, the vet felt around and he didn't feel anything, so he just thought it might have been something else. So, okay, well, I will take her back to the vet, and I'll get some x-rays maybe and see what we can figure out. Thanks for your call, 1-866-405-8405. That's all we have time for this hour. Remember, we are streaming online 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com. You can get your fix there. And remember to spay and neuter, always adopt, and never decline. This is Animal Radio. 
Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Hello, Fred. Hello, how are you? Uh, very well, Fred Willard joining us, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not. Well, now, how are you doing today? Well, pretty good, pretty good. It's a little gloomy here in Los Angeles. I understand that uh, you're going to be heading up to San Francisco for the big canine film festival is that what they're calling that that's i think that's what it is yes i guess it's a festival of uh, films about dogs all dogs okay i think so jane lynch and myself are going to go up and present the film best in show uh-huh. which is a christopher guest movie which is pretty much about dogs it's a classic it's like one of those movies that uh, it's a must-see movie well you know when i was doing it i would t- tell people you know they'd say what's the latest christopher guest and i'd tell them about it and everybody got so excited. At, oh, we never missed the, uh, the, the the dog show, the Westminster Dog Show on TV. I wasn't even aware that it was on TV. I knew they had one every year. Uh-huh. And it's amazing how many people I talk to that not only, of course, have dogs, but actually show dogs. Uh-huh. So it's uh, a much richer vein than, than you would think. Wait, you're working more than uh, anybody should be allowed to work. Well, <laughs> it seems that way, <laughs> You know, but when you look at them up at other people, you say, oh, "Wait a minute! Why aren't I doing this? Uh, why aren't I doing that?" But no, I'm very happy the things I've been uh, a- asked to do. Well, I see you on Leno a lot. Yeah, that's always fun. Uh-huh. If you don't know Jay, he is exactly what he seems like on TV—just a blue-collar, no-nonsense guy. There's two things I've learned about him, although I've known him for years. One, he's very generous. When you start to say something funny, he'll hang back. But there's no way you're going to have the last laugh or the oh, last no. joke. No. I'll come in with what I think is a zinger, and he'll come right back on top of it, and uh, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. You're an animal lover, right? I do love animals. That may sound hypocritical because I don't have animals, although we've had uh, these uh, homeless cats uh, that we've been feeding for about the last eight years. We set out cat food. They're the type that, you know, they, you get within a certain radar distance, they, they'll look at you and you take one more step and they'll turn and run. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So you can't pet them, you can't hold them, and I feel very bad when it's cold out and raining. I, I want to go over and pick them up and bring them and put them on the porch, but uh, I don't know where they go to. Yeah. They go somewhere, they, but they'll perch on our porch or on the top of a car or under a car, and it's, it's always different. Uh, I'm allergic to cats, which didn't stop my daughter from getting two cats at her house. Uh Uh, But she puts one of these air filters in the house, so it doesn't bother me that much. Uh Yeah, I I hear those work very well, and everybody has... uh... I wish I knew knew the brand. We could get an endorsement in here. (laughs) The check will be in the mail. Oh, dear Lord. It's the the Willard Air Freshener. (laughs) Send a check, and we'll deliver. There'll be... Six to eight years lapse in delivery. Now, someone just told me that you have a birthday uh, coming up. Oh, who keeps track of those? But it's Monday, and yeah. I'm registered here in L.A. at the 99-cent store in, on North Lancashire. Oh, good. So it'll be right right there yeah, within it, my budget. Yeah, in the men's casual wear and also um, housewares department. I need a little three-foot stepladder. You're one of those people, you always look the same. I mean, you, 10 years goes by, 20 years goes by, you, there's no gray hair, you, you always look hot. So what's well, the... well <laughs> okay, there's a little gray hair, but you go. What you do? You put a little dye in there. You go to the, the hair guy and say, you know, you try to walk in very macho, and when you get in the hair, say, no, no, I want a little streak here and a little bit, a little conditioner. No, 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 not a, a little curl, a little highlight. And then you walk out. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh. Well, we're here with Fred Willard. He's going to be at the first annual Canine Film Festival. I understand Joanne Worley will be there. Uh... Oh, she, you know what? She's hosting the, uh, wait a second, I'm getting word. What, Mayor? Drag Queen. Oh, the Drag Queen. Uh-huh. And that is a complete hoot. And I, I would imagine there might be a couple uh, coming on as Joanne Worley. <laughs> we've, we've been friends with her for years, and sure. she is just a pip. We just had a party at our house for her. She turned mm, forty something, and uh, but she walked into the house at full blast. Hello, and from there it's just Joanne's party, and she's uh, she's just great. Well, wow. she'll be there, too. If you want to pick up information, you're in the San Francisco area, head on over to AnimalRadio.com. We'll put all the information What date there. is that? And I'm not being it's funny. It's 7th and 8th at Castro Theater. Oh, great. And I love, we love San Francisco, so it's a great opportunity to get up there. And uh, is Lexi O'Doul still open? I, I believe so. Will I you? love that place. I mean, it's uh, that old, I'm a big baseball fan. All those old baseball pictures. <laughs> you get the good gigs. Yeah, great. Fred Willard on Animal Radio, thank you so much for joining us today. Nice talking to you. Hold on one second, okay? Okay. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Coming up this hour, tips for your older dog or cat. You want to be listening if you have one of those older animals. Coming up also, your poo... No, not your poo. Okay, your dog's poo or your cat's poo could be worth something valuable. (laughs) Just by snapping a picture and sending it in, all the details are on the way. And I wanted to talk to you about this, Vlade. We got an email last week. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Dear Helen Judy, I love Vlade on Animal Radio. That's really the only reason I listen. Last week he was talking about bully stick, and I didn't hear what the definition was. Could you please repeat it? Blah, blah, blah. It's a long letter. I'm just trying to cut out the the middle part. So they want to know what the bully stick is all about. And this is Carolyn in Santa Fe Springs, California writes that. Carolyn, bully stick. Ladies... (laughs) Close their ears. Cover it up. Okay. You know, I mean... I'm, I'm covering Judy's I'm ears. To, I'm talking... Just close Judy's ears, please, too. Cover it up. Uh, because I'm going to tell you what the bully stick is. I actually have a bully, bully stick in one ear and a bully stick in the other ear, so she can't hear anything. <laughs> no, that would be the worst punishment ever. Some of my lady tells... I would, when they learn what the bully stick is, they even tell me, I don't touch it. Okay, so what is it? Okay, bully stick is... Uh, Bullis penis. <laughs> it's a dried, cut it, dried it, and uh, given to the dogs as the treats. The dogs think it's the best treats ever for them to chew on bullis thick. And it's better than rawhide because it, rawhide can actually get caught, right? Thank you. You learned something from me. I already see that. I see it every, every show. You're becoming better and better. Yes, raw height, it is, can be dangerous. We behaviorists don't advocate raw heights unless, you know, we are supervised. Myself, I never use on my dogs, honestly. As exception, I use the compressed raw height. They're a little bit better, a little bit more safer. But I always use bully sticks. We use even for the puppies. We even use them for separation anxiety to leave them with the bully stick when we leave the house. They are safe. 
They are very healthy. They have a lot of gelatin and things like this and collagen, for, good for the dog's health, good for the dog's skin, good for the dog's joints. It's a great product, really. I am a strong advocate. Can we get it at any pet store? And what do we ask for? Every Where are we pet going? store. Yeah, every pet store has it. It just says Bully Stick. That's the name. That, <laughs> you you want them name it Bully Penis and just put it on the, you know, on the label? <laughs> no. Label like Bully. I thought that might have been like a Russian name or something like that. But no. No. <laughs> okay, so I can walk into my PetSmart or Petco or my local pet store and I could say, need Bully Stick. Yes, and they will they will momentarily tell you what it is. Okay. <laughs> How about we go back to the phones, okay? one 405 We've digressed to the lowest common denominator. Hopefully, you'll bring the show up a little bit, a little bit of class. Hi, who is this? Yeah, this is RJ. Hey, RJ, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing today? Well, the conversation's making me a little bit nervous, so I'm hoping your dog behavior problem will change the direction that it's going, okay? That would be nice. Uh, you are on with the world famous dog wizard, Vlade. Hi, where are you? Where are you calling from? Uh, right now, I'm in Alabama. Are you a truck driver? Yes. How can I help you? Okay, I have a problem. My dog uh, that I got from a shelter, he's real skittish of men, and every time I try to pet him, he backs away like I'm going to hit him or something. And all I want to do is just show him some love and affection. And... Okay, how long ago you got this puppy or dog? I've had him about uh, three weeks now. Three weeks, and and the consistently within those three three weeks, he's showing you fearfulness toward you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have a girlfriend or some another female in your household? And and if your dog reacting differently toward females? Yes, he acts a lot a lot nicer towards her. <laughs> They're a lot less okay. scared. Okay. Okay, so what I would like you to do, so your females, part of your family, would completely ignore that dog, no yeah. giving the food, no giving the water, like, you know, just act like, you know, like the dog does not exist. I would like you to become the major provider for that dog. I would like you to feed that dog. I would like you to give the dog water, take the dog for a walk. I also would like you, and it's a big secret, to, to build a bond by okay. taking your dog with you everywhere you go. Uh, I would like you to take your dog on trip with you, maybe put some little crate in your truck and have your dog with you if a couple of days or three, five days, even one week, have the food, um, have everything necessity and travel with your dog. I'm, I am suspect that the dog is mostly with your member of your families, with the females, not with you. I yeah. want the dog be, be with you all the time, almost 24/7. I would like you to put little crate or dog bed, whatever it, whatever your dog used to sleep next to your bed, whatever it's a truck or whatever it's you sleeping somewhere else. Dog needs to be with you. Dog is the man's best friend. Um, man's, I mean, females, males, uh, human friend. So I want to make sure so everyone. I mean, you never females out of the picture. You're the major figure in the dog's life. After that, let's say if your dog is eating, I would like you to approach the dog several times with the canned food. Yeah. I will every time, but I want you have a teaspoon from the canned food, approach to the dog bowl, give it to her, say, and talk to her very nicely, like high pitch. Good girl, good girl. Don't kneel down. Just, you know, when you approach to your dog, like crouch and let your dog sniff your butt first. 
Yeah, when the dogs sniffing each other, but but it's like it's like going to the Google, Google or Yahoo. They get all information from 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 you. Yeah, yeah. always allow. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but it works. I mean, turn your butt, let the dog sniff your butt. Uh, hell, you close your your ears if you don't want to hear uh, that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, allow her to sniff your butt, and after very nicely say "good girl," "good boy," whatever it is, and give it give it something delicious, like canned food or maybe delicious treats. I also suggest to go to the Polish store. Don't talk to the Polish men, please, because you know I don't like them. They they think they know everything, you know. But I get along with the Polish ladies well. Get the Polish kalbasa with the garlic. I once I win win um, win competition not competition contest with the FBI because they said me you never gonna get close to the dog who uh, was aggressive and I I found the way to that dog's heart with the Polish kalbasa in two days just cut it kalbasa put in the plastic bag and every time when you approach to your puppy just do it five ten times per day just crouch down make the noise that cellophane bag say good girl high pitch you know you have to talk like Vladi good girl good boy see man has problem to praise the dog like this a lot of my females clients confessed me that their husbands and boyfriends cannot praise them either so many of them confessed to the Vladi that the only reason they've got this hacker dog to come to, compis, to uh, compensate the lack of attention from their boyfriends and husbands. So we have to, we males have to be able to praise our females or whatever it is, praise everyone, right? Sometimes if you have, a, if your boss, you have somebody who working for you, you have to tell also, good boy or good girl, not just bad boy or bad girl. Whatever. Yeah. So five, ten times a day, crouch down, give the treats and such and such. In combination with giving your dog a lot of attention and taking your dog with you, with you everywhere you go, it's gonna work. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Let us know how it works thank out, you RJ. Thank for calling us. Vlade, the world famous Russian dog wizard, is exclusively on Animal Radio. Right. You're listening your to phones. Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Flavacin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flavacin. Concerning my dog Zodiac, I started her on a Flavacin um, probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we might be losing her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well. To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. 
We all know dogs love to go for car rides. Giving water to your dog while you drive, however, can be a problem. The to-go bowl by Furry Travelers is the first and only travel water bowl to fit into a car's cup holder. Complete with splash guard and lid, the to-go bowl allows your pet to drink whenever he wants. You can find the to-go bowl at many local pet stores, websites, and at www.furrytravelers.com. Don't leave home without your to-go bowl. Your furry traveler will love you for it celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe this is animal radio and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis and who's this this is amy hi amy how are you doing i'm fine hi amy hi where are you calling from uh long beach california listening on coast i imagine yes and uh, how are you doing what can we do for you well i've had a situation recently. I have to say that I've done, and with some hesitation, and now that I've done it, I am so sorry. Uh-oh, what did you do? I had my cats declawed. Mm. Uh-oh. Mm. What, uh, what inspired you to do that? Well, I have two cats. They are three years old. They have never been outside. And recently, we bought new furniture. And they decided to switch from their FISO post to the furniture. And we made a decision that we would have them declawed. And this is a decision made by both you and your husband? Yes. Uh-huh. I tried to discuss it with the cats, but they weren't really. <laughs> they, they weren't gonna, I have a feeling I know what they would have said yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, I think I, w- I do, too. What, so what, uh, what made you change your mind? Obviously, you can't go back, but for, for listeners that are contemplating declawing their cat, why do you regret it now? Well, when I took them to the vet, um, they did stay for three days. And um, they were not bandaged when I picked them up. Oh, wow. They, the moment they stepped out of the little cage that I brought them home in and onto the carpet, I mean, they limped. Oh. They, were, they just looked absolutely miserable. Well, you know, that's actually declawing. People don't understand. They think just the nails removed, but it's actually up to the first knuckle and the, with the bone and everything of the cat's paws. And oftentimes it creates... Problems that are worse than the problems that you initially tried to uh, take care of. Uh, the, the couch, of course, was the initial problem. Uh, sometimes it causes litter box problems. I personally think is worse than uh, scratching on the furniture. People say that decline is sometimes a last resort, and it really is not. There are uh, lots of a lot of alternatives. alternatives out there. Yes, from. Right, yeah. What we do is uh, we have concrete furniture, and uh, (laughs) that uh, pretty much works for us. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, not a lot of people have that choice. We did try several methods, but just the look on their face was so pitiful and so sad, and I will never, ever do it again. And you also noticed some behavioral changes. They've hidden a lot more. They're not as friendly as they were. They're not as um, playful. There's there's some good news to that. They will probably love you again. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> and they, because that's the way animals are. They, they're, unconditional. they're unconditional love. And it is up to you now. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. That's the best don't. thing you can do. I, I don't think that people realize how painful 
and how much we are putting these animals through this. And, and I had never seen it before. And people can actually go online, and I did this, unfortunately, afterwards. I should have done it prior. And you can actually see photographs of how they declaw cats. Yes. It shouldn't be done. And I know here in Southern California, in West Hollywood, they have put a stop to it. We're one of the only countries that still do it. A lot of the other foreign countries have banned it. It's it's mostly a money thing now, and you can find a lot of doctors will do it for the cash. Uh, There's a great division across the country about the ethics behind it. Uh, You can go to the website uh, goodcatswearblack.com to learn learn a little more about declawing. We move on from here. That's what yeah. we do. Yeah. Thank you, Amy, Amy for thank sharing. Thank you for your call. Okay. Nice talking with you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. You ever get the feeling that somewhere in the world there's somebody just like you in a parallel universe? Well, there is for us. Brian and Kay, their host of Australia's Pet Talk Radio. Well, the last couple of weeks, uh, Pet Talk Radio listeners have been listening to our, uh, our cohorts. I guess we could call them in the States, Hal and Judy from Animal Radio. And we've got them on the, uh, on the line right now. G'day, guys. Hey, guys. How, how are you are doing? How are you doing? Hi, well, absolutely fine. You, I notice you're copying a lot of stuff that we're doing here. <laughs> Well, that's where we get all our material. <laughs> right. We just can't deliver it in those yeah. Aussie accents. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we do have in common, though, is that um, American pet owners or dog owners and Australian dog owners all have to deal with the same thing. It's the one topic that... Um Dog owners, when they get together, will talk about quietly together and in hushed tones, but no one talks about it in public. But we all compare our dogs' poos. When we go out and we have to pick up, you know, in the yard, you have a look to see that the dog's okay because it's the first indicator whether your dog's, you know, eaten something that it shouldn't have and whether it's feeling okay or not. And sometimes you can find some very odd things in their plastic and all other kinds of things. But at the end of the day, what you feed your dog is a good indicator uh, as well of what is going to come out. And the cheaper the food, the worse the end result. So because we feel people should talk about it a little bit more, we launched this competition and asked our listeners to tell us what makes the perfect poo. <laughs> well, now, i got a question for you. It sounds like you're being a little bit specious, Kay. I know it's the same thing with cats. You can tell how healthy they are by their poo. The only thing is that, um, that uh, they hide it. I mean, they hate it if you're looking, And uh, whereas cats, do, uh, dogs don't seem to mind uh, if you actually watch them. In fact, they seem to actively come out and do some more while I'm doing a, a poo pickup. But do you look at your cat's poo? Yes, I'll, I'll unbury it. Every day. Every day to look at it, and then he'll bury it back up. And I'm sure he's wondering why I'm unburying his poo. <laughs> yeah, I think cats must get very confused about that. But I guess the, the reason why we've been a bit um, speciest is because... Uh, dog poos, I guess the volume is a little bit bigger and they come in different shapes and sizes. And what we're learning from our listeners is dogs actually have a, a very unusual way of placing it. Now, one of our listeners has said that 
her dog actually does a nice little circle, a bit like uh, cowboys and Indians, you know, <laughs> where they have the, the wagons in a circle. And um, basically that, that her dog literally does a nice little design. Um, so we're asking, I guess, sort of where do they do it, frequency, that kind of thing. So you're asking listeners all over Australia to send you pictures of their dog's poo. Is that correct? Am I getting yeah, this right? You are. And, um, look, I, I've got to say we haven't been flushed with entries just yet, <laughs> but uh, they are starting to roll in. A lot of people are very happy to tell us about their experiences. We do have a few on our website. Some look like uh, – do you have Mr. Whippy over there, those ice cream cones? Uh-huh. Well, we have one listener who's described uh, her perfect dog poo as being a, uh, a kind of like a Mr. Whippy. And uh, there's another one she's called the Snake Coil with a slight variation on the Mr. Whippy. I just want to say that we have very palatable poo here in the United States. We get calls all the time because people are saying their dogs are eating it. We even have one lady who said her husband loves it because he doesn't have to go out and pick up the poop anymore. Oh, right. And does that dog give mummy and daddy owners nice big sloppy kisses and licks? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, while they're sleeping in bed together. This sounds like a lot of fun here, so you're getting a lot of entries. Now, are you posting the pictures of the poo there, and what is your criteria for a good poo? We haven't actually defined that in the uh, rules and regulations, Hal, because uh, it's very difficult to know. You see, we've got, a, you, we've got a three dogs ourselves now, and um, uh, although Kay can actually tell the difference between all three, I don't. To me, poo is poo. But, but look, we do post the photos on the website. I, I should put a warning there. There is some very, very gross stuff, but it is all in the name of science. <coughs> Did you find I a picture pic- at the website Yes, there? I pulled up a picture. A poo? poo? Oh, yes. oh, my gosh. Wow, that's quite impressive there. That's about a, what is that, about a six or seven incher there? <laughs> and uh, we've got a couple of prizes to give away to people, and we were actually hoping, one of the reasons for the call, of course, was to, to see if Animal Radio would like uh, to donate anything. Well, here's what I'm thinking, you know. Australia is a great place, but the U.S., we have some pretty good poo here. When it comes to poo, I think we are leaders in the world. I, th- I think, we, would you agree? You're, would you concur I'm with me there? I'm not denying it. Yes, I agree. Yeah, look, you know what? You're knee-deep in it over there, I hear. <laughs> yeah, we, we really are, at least through November. Can we join in on your contest there and prove to you that the U.S. poo really is uh, superior to Australian Ooh, now there's a challenge. There is a challenge right then and there. I look. I don't want to get you upset even before your listeners have started, Hal and Judy, but, you know, Aussie pet food and uh, the raw ingredients are pretty good down under, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking some of these... Uh, these photos show that they're very healthy dogs. Okay. Let's go ahead and team. If it's okay with you guys, we'd like to team up with you on this contest. And you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go into our prize closet and put together a prize package representative of a contest like this. <laughs> With the same quality you're talking about. Look, we might even have a consolation prize for the best posture. We call it the best sit. Is that like a squat? A squat. Sorry, squat. Okay. Okay. 
You said we're looking for pictures of squatting and poo is what we're Have we digressed? Has Animal Radio really? Yes, it has. Uh, we're looking for your pictures, your, your digital photos, and you can send them to us. We'll put a link from the front of our website. How does that sound? That sounds absolutely wonderful, and we'll send you a check in the mail. But, uh, look, <laughs> I, I think the important thing is for people to realize it isn't just a flippant contest. It is a serious contest in that we, we actually want to know what people feed their dogs. Will that make your poo look different, the kind of food that you feed your animal? Oh, absolutely. And I think that you'll be um, surprised by the, the strength of passion that different dog owners have for what they feed their animals. There are the bath people, for example, biologically appropriate raw food. They're the people that say that all dogs actually are like wolves and therefore they should eat only raw food like a, a wolf would eat a whole animal and all the contents of the stomach. So they mix up all kinds of raw vegetables and raw meats and bones and their poo tends to come out um, rather white and chalky. Um, and then there are uh, at the other end of the, the line, I guess, where the poor um, the poorer um, diet where it might have a lot more um, cereal inside it, uh, that comes out really, really large in volume. So basically it comes out looking pretty much like it goes in, only sloppier. Volume counts here, huh? <laughs> well, in, in the dog poo world, small is better. Smaller is better. Yeah, yeah. This sounds uh, very, very serious. Very, it's so serious, Hal, I'm, I'm investigating uh, click and smell. <laughs> 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 okay, well, I think this is good there. I'll post all the information there at AnimalRadio.com if you want to enter on this, okay? And uh, like I said, we're going to ante up some big-time big, big time prizes, too. Fantastic. We'll do likewise, Hal, and uh, we really appreciate your support here. Come on, Australia. We want uh, we want to get your doggies there, urge them to eat, and urge them to eliminate so that we can, uh, we can beat the Yanks at their own game. <laughs> go, go, U.S. poo! <laughs> This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hello, I'm Kay Brown, reporting for Animal Radio. There's a popular saying, you're only as old as the man or woman that you feel. And now the humble fruit fly has confirmed it. Researchers at the University of Iowa genetically modified fruit flies to reduce their lifespan by removing an enzyme that mops up dangerous free radicals. That's the same enzyme implicated in human age-related diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. However, they were stunned to find that their mutant flies were able to overcome the missing enzyme if they shared a home and interacted with younger flies through things like courtship, aggression or grooming. Apparently, social activity is the key to living longer. A British woman who put up posters advertising a stray cat she'd found in her yard was threatened with prosecution by her local authorities for littering. Joy Tracy complained to local media that she'd been ordered to remove the posters or cop a fine. She did so, but in the ensuing publicity, the cat's owners spotted their missing Moggy and reclaimed him. The cat's name? Copper, which is the British nickname for policeman. You may recall I told you recently about Japanese drug detection officers losing a stash of hash when a sniffer dog failed to find some drugs planted at random in a black bag. Well, the owner of that bag did find the drugs, worth almost $10,000, and he returned them. Red-faced customs officers apparently phoned every single passenger who had been on the flight into Narita Airport, and one, identified only as a foreigner, said he was happy to help. Could they come and pick the drugs up? A town called Woodruff in Utah has raised $30,000 for charity at its annual Rocky Mountain Oysters Festival. 
In case you're not familiar with the term, they've got nothing to do with John Denver or seafood. But thousands of people lined up to purchase plates of this culinary delight at the 8th Annual Testicle Festival. Festival organiser Laurie Cornier said the most popular were the deep-fried bull testicles, with not many opting to try them au naturel. Horse racing authorities in Australia have demanded the renaming of a horse after Lebanese punters attending a race meeting erupted in laughter as the favourite, A.D. Fick, was chaired home. What the owner knew, but racing officials didn't, was that the name could be mistaken for a similar-sounding Arabic phrase along the lines of get lost, only a little more colourful if you get my drift. The owner of the horse, businessman Rodney Lane, confessed to the prank, saying he'd only been having a bit of fun and the world's become overly sanitised. A.D. Fick will now be known as Journey On. And lastly, if you wanted proof that danger can strike when you least expect it, a tourist visiting the scenic Cairns region in far north Australia will never again answer the call of nature with a roadside toilet stop. The man was crouched behind a bush when a brown snake slithered between his legs and lunged at his manhood. Luckily, the venomous snake didn't hang on, and emergency workers who rushed to the scene said the snake hadn't injected any poison, although the man was left with a scratch, abdominal pain, and a very red face. Some less than charitable people have suggested tourists should always look before they leak. I'm Kay Brown, reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. You know, Judy, it seems like you're drinking a lot of Russian vodka recently. Is Vladi, Vladi, are you sending this vodka to Judy? Hey, how did you know? Stay out of yeah, my tongue. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, I did not mean so she were drinking it in the show, in the time of show. Judy, ah, 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 please do it after the show. Well, wait a minute. I need it to put up with Hal. Uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, he, yeah, he's trained well on that. I think uh, he got some lesson from the Russian president Yeltsin. You remember that guy? He was the drinker in a big way. I could not put up. With, I cannot. He was. He could drink couple of vodka of the a couple of bottles of the vodka in probably in 10 15 minutes oh, and after wow. just yeah after meet the president what is was name Clinton Clinton Clinton, Clinton. yes Somebody. Yeah, and after they continued to drink, and uh, after that, Yeltsin was signing everything for all paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Clinton, Clinton is the showman too. That's what Barack Obama right now is leading because he's a great showman. You know, if I would be running for president of this country, I would be, you know, I would be president too because I'm a great showman too. But the thing is, you know, um, Clinton knew the way to the Russian heart. All what he said to the Yeltsin. You know, Boris, uh, you have a so great country. People are so beautiful, especially ladies. Of course, Clinton said to him, <laughs> you know, and the city is so clean and people are so educated. They're so great people. But you know what? We need, this is sign things. You know, it's a very important. Yeltsin said, okay, what, where is this one? Okay. Yeah. He played on the sense of the Russian greatness. 1-866-405-8405 if you want to touch some of that Russian greatness or at least speak to it right now. Uh, hi, who is this? Carol Gray. Hi, Carol. Where are you calling from? Cairoville, Tennessee. In Tennessee. A beautiful day there today? 
wonderful. You are on with the world-famous Russian dog wizard. Yes, Carol. How pronounce your name right, please? Carol Gray. Carol. Carol, thank you so much for calling us. I really enjoy speaking with the ladies. They're like my major clientele. And especially with, how you say, Saverian or Saverian type of the ladies because, yeah, I love it. Because um, I was in Austin, Texas, and the first time in my life I met the ladies from that region. And I really love it. You you are very distinctive uh, ladies. I really appreciate it. So thank you for your call. Well, and what you. is your problem? I have a wonderful toy poodle, and he loves uh, everybody, but he likes to nip at people's feet. Okay. It, it's See, a just, it's uh, not just if they, if they come towards me, it's if they go towards each other. Or, you know, anybody, if they're sitting at a table, get up, he'll nip their feet. Okay. So when they get when they get up and start to move somewhere, or they just sit down right. for nips? When they get up and start to move somewhere. Okay, it is so classical. It's like uh, it it's like sec- yeah, it's a, it's like notebook in a, in university, which I studied this course. It calls uh, your dog sincerely believe, even though he's a li- very little. It's like a big guy with the in the little body. Your uh-huh. dog think he's the top dog, and he's responsible for any. Um, he's in charge of any movements inside of the house. Do you know if the top dog lay down somewhere and another dog decided to move, to pass him by? Do you know what another dog would do? He would approach into the top dog and lick his muzzle, lick his uh-huh. face, and after keep going to ask for permission. See, your guests are not licking his uh, uh, face and just get up and moving, and he think it's a rude, and uh, he goes and nipping them by the heels to telling them, hey, I am the top man is here, I am the top boy, you cannot do that, you have to ask my permission. Of course, it's not up to him to decide who is the top dog. You <laughs> need to be the top dog. You need to be alpha female, or like we say in canine world, alpha bitch. As a matter of fact, my wife is the alpha bitch. She, she, she taught me early in my life, so she's the alpha female. When we got married, she said to me, Vladi, no girls anymore in this house, and come home in the right time. And if you do that way, you will be having the top life, have a top sex, and, uh, you know, will be treated as the alpha male. But if not, you will be kicked out of my house. So you need to show to your little poodle so you are in charge. How can you do that? Let me tell you the secret which will fix your problem with the speed of Russian satellite guided missile. All what you need to do to do two devices, and both of them very inexpensive. One of them is free. Put a couple of uh, pennies in the pop can, like um, metal pop can, so to make it a little bit like, you know, shaking device. Okay. Something like that. But we're not going to shake, which you may think. And we're going to use it not in the way you can even imagine we can use it. You need to also stop by the bicycle shop and get CO2 tire inflator. Uh, yes. The device which you push the button and air, very harmless air, CO2 comes out with the sound as the snake. Okay? Right. What you need to do, 
sit down when your guests come over and have two things in your hands. Have something negative, which is one of those devices I suggested, and something positive. I know in your household the people are so hospitable. They always have cheese, kalbasa. I know if you have a Polish kalbasa or Polish cheese, or it's a great too. I like Polish style. The only the only one who I don't like is a Polish man because Polish <laughs> men always think he knows everything. You know. If I, they always think. They can even tr teach me how to train their dogs. But anyway, but I get along with the Polish ladies very well. So anyway, so have a couple of things in your hands. And at any time your dog gets up and wants to chase another, somebody's uh, feet or whatever, momentarily drop that shaking can on the floor next to your poodle uh, and make the sound. Uh, startle it. Or push, as you say, uh, uh, spray that CO2. Yudokul jumps in the air and say, wow. And after that, give him cheese and say, good boy, or, or Polish kalbasa. And after that, ask the people sit down and get up again. If you did, if you did, if you did a good first time, did not give your dog a $2 ticket for speed violation, your dog will don't do anything to the person. And you can give cheese again, cheese again, cheese again. Now you basically producing positive perception with the person get up and move. So remember people, combinative approach always works better rather than just praising or correcting. According okay. to Doggy Mama, you have to lick and you have to bite. Figuratively speaking. I don't oh, think I... America Americans already ready to lick or bite their dogs at the same time because Americans' teeth is not as good as the dog's mom's. But you can imitate by using special tools. Thank you for All calling. Right. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Carol. 1-866-405-8405. Uh, that's the uh, first female today. I wanted to point that out there. And I love her. Truck drivers is a great people, too. Don't get me wrong. You know, they are like... Uh they, 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 uh, you probably need to shut, uh, to cover what I say, but they are not bully type of the people. I mean, you just, uh, you just tell them what needs to do, and they do it, and uh, that's how it should be. You know, Vlad is not about being politically correct. Vlad is not about, you know, to extend anybody level of stupidity. Never humans, never dogs. That is why when the Vladi talks, everyone is listening. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Global Pet Finder is the world's first GPS location device for pets. Simply attach Global Pet Finder to your pet's collar and you can monitor your dog's location 24-7. Use our geofence feature or simply dial found from your wireless device. And every three minutes, Global Pet Finder will send you a message with your pet's exact location. For more information, visit us at www.globalpetfinder.com and find peace of mind today. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. Fido Friendly Magazine. <laughs> Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. 
At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit RedCross.org or PetCentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. It's all about the older pet today. Keeping them healthy. I think about Boog, the studio cat. He's getting up there in age. He is getting up there. Mm-hmm. And he's walking a little slower. <laughs> His steps are a little, you know, slower. It's a little harder to climb the stairs. We got the little things to help him climb up to the couch. Got to have those. And to make sure he can get up there and go to sleep. Because, yes. you know, cats spend 18 hours a day sleeping. <laughs> if they don't get their sleep, you know. And especially an older cat may sleep a little bit less. But they all, uh, their bones start to ache. And you might be... Looking at glucosamine or chondroitin. Uh, I know there's all kinds of supplements out there. There's so many things to help you with your pet as they get older. Hi, Mary, are you there? Yes, I am. Tell us a little bit about your dog, will you? Well, actually, we've got three, but Cinnamon would chase anything and jump anywhere. Uh-huh. And he had damaged a vertebrae in his lower back and his cervical. And they couldn't do anything about it surgically because of his age. And mm-hmm. um, the vet said that glucosamine and chondritin might help him, but that a lot of the ones on the market weren't really effective. And we were using Rimadyl at the same time oh. because he was in quite a bit of pain from it. And that's a pretty heavy-duty pain medication, if you don't know about that. And it's something that has some effect on their kidneys and their, their heart, and so you really don't want to give it for a really long time if you can help it. Yeah. And this was something that was going to be... You know, I mean, it was just going to be there for the rest of his life. He had a he had arthritis in his knees and this problem with his low back. So you were at wit's end, huh? I pretty much was, yeah. He was um, not able to climb a couple of stairs to get in the back door. And, mm. you know, he just wasn't a very happy dog, and that was really odd for him. He'd been a really happy dog. Okay, now you were talking about Flavicin. What is it, and how did you find it, and what does it do? Well, I found it on the Internet. Um, I get, uh, you know, everything from everybody who sells pet drugs. And I got a Flavison ad on the Internet and went out, and they've got some decent um, documentation on, you know, how it's produced and what it does. Um, it's got a glucosamine and chondritin um, base to it. It's also got some other things in it that help with bone and ligament and tendon and all of those things that kind of attach. Is this uh, is this something that they that you put over your dog's food? Well, you can. My dogs think that it's a dog treat. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so we've just kind of gone with that, you know, because then they think it's something special. Right. It's about the size of like a pet tab. It's about, oh, I don't know, an inch across and about half an inch thick. And based on the weight of the dog, you give them either three or four of them in a day in two different doses. It just is real palatable. It's got like a kind of beefy livery flavor to it, but if you get it on your hands, it doesn't stink. What did you notice and how long did it take? Just his general movement. When he got up in the morning, you know, when they're usually a little bit stiff when they're that age. Right. He started getting up a lot more easily. I mean, instead of kind of dragging himself to his feet, he'd just hop up. He could get back on the bed within about two weeks, um, and he hadn't been doing that for months. Mm -hmm. Within a month, his eyes had cleared, his 
back didn't seem to bother him as much. We had dropped to about a third as much Rimadil as we had been giving him. Mm-hmm. He started chasing things again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you would uh, you would go ahead and recommend this to listeners that might be having similar problems? I absolutely would. We've also got a dog who had a broken leg that uh, I ran over with the car. You know, it's one of those oh, things no. that she was laying in the grass and I ran over her and her, her leg was broken. And she was young, and it was a clean break, and so they cast it. And we started giving it to her, and the vet was amazed at how fast she healed. Sounds like good stuff. It's called Flavison. Go directly to the website at yourolderdog.com. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for calling in today. No problem. Thanks so much. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal people is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal Peoples published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal Peoples fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt to easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Like a lot of us who have lost a close loved one, I was going to keep my sadness inside, not mentioning my loss to anyone, especially to my wife and adopted daughter. I know now, for the very first time in my life, just how it feels and how hard it is to convey this sadness to someone who has not yet, fortunately, experienced the loss of someone close to them. Besides, I wasn't going to tell anyone because I fell deeply in love with my lost loved one. At my age of being in the latter 50s, I was not going through a midlife crisis, being well past that age and married. But when my adopted daughter, Corvette, gave me a young one-year-old Savannah Monitor Lizard, it was love at first sight. He was beautiful to look at, being mostly tan in color with a light brown spot design and with a tan yellow background to his lizard's skin. His skin was soft and smooth to the touch. My daughter named him Hissy because Savannah monitors hiss loudly when they are disturbed. I simply called him my buddy. My buddy died recently of unknown causes at the young age of only two and a half years. Mr. Lizard, as I also sometimes called him, still had a lot of growing up to do. When he departed this world for lizard heaven, he weighed in at nine pounds and was 31 inches long. My buddy, if he'd been given the chance, would have lived a lot longer and grown quite a bit more in size. In fact, monitors can live to 20 years of age. My wife and I had grown rather close to my buddy in the past year and a half that he was with us. He spent a lot of his time on weekends lying in bed with me, napping and watching TV. He often could be found on the big couch in the living room, next to or under my wife, covered up all snuggled and warm. He also loved to bask in the sun in the dining room, 
and can be seen at times wandering around outside in the front and backyard clover or sunning himself on our back deck. Mr. Lizard always looked forward to his daily warm bath. He could float and lounge in a warm tub for hours. During quite a few of those warm baths, he was even sleeping. Hmm, I wonder what he dreamed about. Speaking of sleeping lizards, when he slept, he slept on a heating pad and wrapped himself up in his blankie. That's right, my buddy had his very own blankie. He never traveled anywhere without it. Mr. Lizard made the rounds in various locations in the South Shore area of Lake Tahoe, California and Carson City, Nevada. While traveling, he stayed wrapped in his blankie, nice and warm, inside a small dog carrier. When he arrived at his destination, he would waddle out of the carrier. A leash was put on him, and he was good to go. Everywhere my buddy visited all loved him, especially children. He never bit anyone and hardly gave anyone even a loud hiss. Feeding Mr. Lizard was a joy. Savannah monitor lizards are meat eaters. No greens for this lizard. My buddy was fed every two to three days. When he was still a little guy, he was fed crickets and small live mice. As he got older and bigger, he was given his own food bowl and just like a dog would come to eat whenever I whistled. That's right. Upon hearing my whistle, he would waddle over to his bowl to find chicken, hamburger, steak, pork, and hot dogs. That lizard could swallow a whole hot dog in one gulp. Unfortunately, after a while, my buddy just wasn't himself. He began to sleep more, and then he just would not eat. Now, this was strange for Mr. Lizard, who was always looking for a meal. After he stopped eating, I immediately took him over to a lizard vet in Carson City, Nevada. The vet said uh, he was sick, but she didn't know from what. And then a short time later, and no matter what the vet tried, my buddy decided to give up his body and travel to a higher level. Now, if you had asked me if I believed in that reincarnation stuff, I would probably have said uh, maybe. Who knows? But when it comes to Hissy, or my buddy, or Mr. Lizard, I know my buddy will be back with us soon, probably as a cat. He always liked our three cats. I'm Hal. And I'm Judy. 1-866-405-8405. You can also email us. We just got this email about uh, 10 minutes ago. At your voice at animalradio.com. Dana. Hi, Dana. From San Dimas. She writes, I'm really having a serious problem with my female cat. She's really a finicky eater. Before Yukonuba had changed their formula, it was the only one that I could find that she would eat. Since they've changed it, I've tried several varieties of food with no luck whatsoever. My cat is looking skinnier than ever. She's lost one to two pounds over a three-week period. Now, my son got the idea that there might be an additive that can be put or added to dry food where this finicky feline might be enticed or drawn into eating any type of dry cat food. Any help? Yeah, I have help. Can we get the jingle singers, please? Go to your bed. 
Yeah, one to two pounds over a three-week period is more than just not eating, isn't it, Judy? Yeah, I think something serious is going on here, not just being finicky. There might be something that's really wrong with the kitty's belly that should be checked out. If you're losing weight, it should be only ounces at a time, one to two pounds. Wow. Go to your vet. We say that so much now, we actually had to get the <laughs> jingle singers in there. Uh, there are other foods. We actually had our studio cats on that Yukonuba food you're talking about. We switched them over to feline caviar makes a good food that they like. You gotta try, you gotta sample. That's the way to do it. And, and go to your vet. And remember to spay and neuter, always adopt, and never declaw. This is Animal Radio Network.